again, to, to the listeners, if you're in this place of uncertainty, all you know is this isn't right for me anymore, but I don't know what's next. That is so normal. And, and it is, if you're going to do this mindfully and intentionally to make sure that what you do next in your career is right for you or the best next step, uh, it does take time. It takes reflection. It takes being, having a lot of courage to explore other things. And Are you a health professional wanting to explore all the options life has to offer? Then you've come to the right place. The Balance Medics Handover podcast is all about living outside the box of what we've been told. I'm Isabella, your host, a junior doctor from Australia and trained coach. I'll be interviewing health professionals from all walks of life, artists, authors, non-clinical specialists, and more. These stories show that our choices are endless. Let's take the journey together. This is The Handover. Hello and welcome back to the Balance Medics Handover podcast. This episode, we're so lucky to have Dr. Karen Bernard here. I first heard Karen on Heather Fork's The Doctors Crossing Carpe Diem podcast. She is a doctor who has had a few career transitions herself, from academic internal medicine to academic endocrinology, and now she is a physician career coach. Karen has helped me personally with coaching and making my own career changes, so I'm so happy to have her here today to share her wisdom with you listeners. I can't wait to chat with her and hear more about her journey. So without further ado, let's hand over to Karen. Hi, how are you? Hi, Isabella. I am wonderful, and I'm so happy to be having this conversation with you. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for coming on. And I'm really happy to have you here too. And I feel like it is a bit of a full circle moment currently. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm so delighted what you've been doing in your career and with the podcast. So kudos to you. Thanks. Thank you. Um, And can you share more about your own journey and how you got to where you are now? Sure. So I, um, I grew up in South Africa and in medical school, six years, and you go to medical school straight after high school. So at the age of 16, you kind of have to decide what you're going to do. And I chose medicine for a variety of reasons, but it was mainly because I liked biology. I worked hard. Um, my biology teacher suggested it. And, you know, some of my friends were doing medicine. And so I went to medical school. And I went to medical school in South Africa and then moved to the U.S. uh, where I did an internal medicine residency, a general medicine fellowship to do some research, and and then went into academic internal medicine. And I absolutely love medicine. Actually, up until just before I retired from clinical medicine, I really loved medicine. Um, And about 10 years into internal medicine, I recognized that I really loved endocrinology. I was reading around endocrinology. I was constantly talking to my endocrinology colleagues about cases. And I just felt like I wanted to be a specialist and I wanted to be an endocrinologist. And so I did a fellowship and was really happily functioning as an academic endocrinologist for 10 years. And then uh, my next transition came and that was uh, in physician career coaching. And I'm happy to talk about the decision around that more if you want, but that's 
that's the nutshell. So in the beginning when you were choosing to to study medicine at 16, you were saying it was a mixture of things of people around you were doing it, you were very young. Did you have a vision of, of where you wanted to go in medicine back then? You know, honestly, I didn't. All I knew was I wanted to help people and I really didn't have a, a good sense. I, I had a role model actually of a, a GP in our town who would do house calls and he carried his little black doctor bag. And that kind of was the image that I had in my mind of what I would be. And he was a real healer. You know, he would come in to my room, uh, you know, doing the house call and just seeing him would make me feel better as a, as a young child. And, and that's the impact that I wanted to have. I wanted to be that healer. I have really thought a lot about this thing of who we are as physicians and our role as healers. And, and I think one of the reasons that I retired from medicine to work with physicians was that I was feeling increasingly like the environment I was working in was just didn't feel like a healing environment anymore. And in my interactions with patients, you know, you, to be a healer, you need to be fully present, I believe, fully present, have time, get to know the person. Um, and certainly I was really helping people, but there was something missing. And I, and I think part of it was that space of really being with somebody and seeing who they are and, and helping them see who they are and helping them feel heard in a compassionate way. And that's kind of what I do now a lot now in my coaching. But I think some of that's been lost in medicine and I don't want to get negative. Um, and I think that there is a way to bring that back in. But to me, healing is a compassionate presence um, that with somebody else. Uh, in a way that helps them feel seen and heard and understood. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I and I think a lot of people go into medicine with that idea of helping people and that healer, you know, wanting to heal. And I think healing is more of that looking at a person as a whole as well, not just, um, you know, a problem to fix or anything like that. That's what I think anyway. Oh, I absolutely agree. And and so many of my clients are really drawn to some of the integrative functional medicine, um, sort of their own practices where they can actually approach the patient in, in the, you know, as a whole person and have time to actually look at at all the parts of them and how that's impacting their 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 disease uh, as well as you know their health. So absolutely, I think you that that's a really good summary of the the wholeness and the importance of seeing patients as whole. Yeah, definitely. And when you were deciding to do that other transition from endocrinology, academic endocrinology to physician career coach, can you tell us more about how you were feeling back then? Yes. So. The background is I loved my job and I'd always tell trainees medicine is the best job ever. It's so rewarding because that's really how I felt. And a few years before I actually left, I started noticing that I was beginning to withdraw. I was disengaging, which is really unusual for me. I would always be volunteering for things and getting in, involved. Um, 
So I just started withdrawing and I just noticed it. And of course, blamed myself, thought it was negative. <laughs> you know, so, oh, maybe I'm just tired or I don't know what's wrong with me. But then I also started noticing some health issues. I started getting more migraines and my migraines used to really knock me down for a day or two. Um, so I started noticing an, an increase in severity and frequency of my migraines. Um, and then I also noticed that my values had changed. For instance, you know, I used to really feel like success and performance and um, working hard were just sort of my, were my core values to a large extent. And I was beginning to, well, I want to spend more time with my family. I want to travel more. Um, I want to have more space in my day to just be and do things I enjoy. And, and that's when I also started feeling like, you know, I want to still help people, sort of the same thing I had at medical school, but I want to do it in a different way. I didn't know what it was at the time and all these feelings, or I just knew that I felt like I wanted to do more with people than I was doing, or not even more, but something different. I wanted to help in a different way. And so that was, those were all the things that were swirling around uh, in my in my life, uh, in, in the couple of years leading up to me leaving. So do you think the driving need for that change was that want to help in a different way? I'd say that was, that was the, I'd say there were two main drivers. There was that, and then there was the shift in my, in my priorities and values where medicine was no longer a place where I could practice the, you know, the freedom, the freedom to travel, spend time with my family. Um, I tried going, I did go part-time. I, I made some changes to my schedule, to my, what I was doing in an attempt to see if that would work, um, but it, it wasn't enough. So I think the two main drivers were that I was changing uh, and that my, what I wanted to do in the world was, was, was shifting. It reminds me of your episode with Heather Fork about the Enneagram. If I remember correctly, you were saying that there's like um, a personality type that's about fun or something. <laughs> Was that right? Was I, am I remembering correctly? And, and someone did yours and they were like, have more fun or something like that. <laughs> yes. Yes, you remember correctly, Anne. And what it is is that the Enneagram, there are, you sort of have nine personality points, uh, if you will, on the Enneagram. And we all have all nine within us and some are just more expressed than others. <laughs> and my the, the type seven is the one that's sort of the spontaneous, fun, more sort of extroverted potentially type of personality. And mine was very atrophied because my coach asked me, when was the last time you had fun? And I remember going, fun? What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> So yes, uh, uh, talking about wholeness and getting into balance that I was pretty much out of balance <laughs> uh, at that time. And how was that search for, because you said you knew you wanted to help people in a different way, but you didn't know what that looked like. Mm -hmm. How was that search for you? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> it was a journey. And so, to anybody listening who's like, I want something different, but I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. I was in the exact same place. Um, and that's actually where I hired a career coach uh, to, to help me 
figure out what that was. And so there were various things that I did with her that helped me get clear. But I can tell you, it was a little bit of a, I did these, what I now call with my clients, mini career experiments. I did a medical writing course to see if I would like medical, a career in medical writing. I did a um, meditation teacher training course to see if maybe I want to be a meditation teacher. And then I also did a foundations uh, coaching course. And when I did that course, it was, I was, was, this was it. I knew my whole, I was just in and I knew this, this was it. So it was a little bit of, trial and error um, to, to get to where I needed to, to go for me. And just for a timeline, how long was it from that moment you started thinking, I want something different to when you found that coaching was the thing that you resonated with? It was exactly two years after I started working with Heather Fork, my career coach, to the time that I retired from medicine. And I should say that about a, oh, actually, and it was a year after I started working with her that I did the foundations course in coaching. So, uh, but I was probably thinking about a change at least two years before I even started working with the coach. I was, yeah. So, so to answer your question from the time I knew that I wanted to do something different. The time I decided on coaching was about a year, a year and a half. And then I started coaching on the side. And then when I recognized I had a business model that would work and that I loved it, that's when I, that's when I quit my job. So it's a process. <laughs> it's not an overnight waking up and knowing. Exactly. And again, to, to the listeners, if you're in this place of uncertainty, all you know is, this isn't right for me anymore, but I don't know what's next. That is so normal. And and it is, if you're going to do this mindfully and intentionally to make sure that what you do next in your career is right for you or the best next step, uh, it does take time. It takes reflection. It takes being having a lot of courage to explore other things. And then, you know, the many career experiments are one thing, but then there was also all the stuff of my beliefs around, you know, the guilt around leaving medicine, the identity, you know, oh my gosh, I'm now no longer this academic clinician. You know, how do I tell my mentors? All of that stuff is also in the mix. So it absolutely is a journey. And I would say to that, you know, I was about, it was about a year to 18 months for me. And that's what I tell my clients is, you know, as soon as you recognize that something is wrong, really take it seriously. You know, for a year, I was trying to beat myself up for feeling this way. Meanwhile, that was diagnostic information that what I was doing wasn't right, but I blamed myself. So I'd love for people not to make the mistake I made. Well, it wasn't a mistake, it was just part of the journey, but to really, when you're feeling like this, make sure you pay attention, get some help from an objective person so that uh, you can begin this transition in an intentional way so that by a year or so from the time, you know, 
the time you want to to change, you've you've got you're giving yourself some time. And there you know there are other factors. It also depends on what you want to do. You know, some clients come to me and they say, you know, I've looked at the options. I'm pretty sure that I want to. I'm thinking UM is a good fit. So if somebody knows what their utilization management is UM. So if somebody knows what they want to do, once you know, then it could be, it could also be six months to a year it could also be as short as three months so it, it's very variable but embracing the process embracing the journey getting to know yourself it's all part of this transition phase you touched on so many great points and that <laughs> just need to rewind that re-listen but it's so true like um it's don't beat yourself up for feeling how you feel that feeling of i know this is not what I want to do, but I really don't know what other options are out there. It's so normal to to feel that in medicine and to feel kind of scared and and feel is there something wrong with me? Why and kind of beat yourself up? Why don't I feel like I can keep doing this? Why isn't it right for me? And it could be for a lot of reasons. Um, what your mentors will say, what your family might say, what. I don't know, your your neighbor might say <laughs> just a lot of, you could be worried so much about how people might perceive you. Um, and working through all that emotional, Heather Fort calls it emotional seaweed, <laughs> which I think is an accurate uh, representation where things start to come up that you weren't aware of. And then also honoring that um, discontent. Another great coach says that honoring your discontent, um, Chelsea Turgeon, just saying that, why am I feeling like this and not pushing it down? Um, sometimes in medicine, it's easy to ignore how you're feeling, you know, hunger, thirst, tired, you kind of just keep working. Um, so maybe we're not as um, well practiced in the how am I feeling right now? Exactly. I, I love that. I love what you just said about we're not that practiced in how we're feeling right now. And in fact, I would, in my experience, I think medical training kind of encouraged us or it was almost a force function to ignore our own feelings and needs. And so it's almost like we have to reawaken that muscle of recognizing what it is that we're feeling. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and I'm not sure about you, but the muscle of failure as well, because I think we're used to being successful or whatever success means and kind of the fear of not being successful, that that muscle of falling and picking yourself back up can be not as well practiced sometimes too. Absolutely. So when you decided to go to coaching, why do you think you made that decision to become a coach? I think it was the experiencing coaching for myself and seeing how the coaching process transformed me. And then as I was in that coaching training, recognizing that 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 space that I was talking about earlier about when we when we spoke about healing, where you're with somebody and it's a non-judgmental one-on-one making that connection and really helping somebody to see what's inside of them, helping them to use their skills and, and talents and experiences in a, in a new way, helping them see themselves as sort of these the magnificent creatures that we all are, was, was just a space that I loved being. And so it was really, for me, it was this 
this feels right and this is the impact that I want to have. And, and in a way, I had been doing that with trainees all along in my academic career, helping them grow, helping them see. And so it's almost like I was just doing that, but on a completely different level in coaching. And that transition from academic endocrinologist to physician career coach, how was it? So I would say that by the time I actually left or retired, I was really ready. And and it was thank, thanks to the work that I had done leading up to it. So I'm a very cautious person. I don't, I'm not a risk taker. So <laughs> I had to be really sure, as sure as I could be, it was still a leap of faith, but uh, I had to be sure that I had tried everything to stay in medicine. And I did. I did what I tell my client, you know, cut back, you know, do the set, set boundaries. I, I did several things as part of that transition to, to actually be sure that can't I just incorporate coaching in medicine? <laughs> um, you know, sort of trying to see if there's, if there's a way for me to continue to be in medicine. But, but there wasn't. And I was really sure about it. And I think the important thing that I realized during the transition is how my values were, I wanted freedom to travel to South Africa to see my family. And I couldn't do that as a as a physician, because my patients were really depending on me. As a coach, I can. I take my, I can coach from anywhere. So it was a matter of really being ready because I had done this very intentional process. But it was still scary. It was still, you know, I didn't really know that that this would work out. But I know that it, you know, I'm almost th- three years now after I retired, and I just have not looked back. And that's not true for everybody. Some people do leave medicine and then miss it and want to go back. But for me, that that wasn't the case. The other thing about the transition is sort of managing other people's expectations, you know, your mentors, your colleagues. You know, I had, I had a couple of really wonderful mentors say to me, oh, are you sure you're not making a mistake? You know, you're not going to be making money for five years. Can you afford it? I mean, all of the stuff, but I, but it, but when they said that, I had been doing so much of my own work that it was okay. I could say, you know, I don't know for sure. Nobody knows one hundred percent for sure, but I know that this is the, the next thing for me. So yeah, it was it was dealing with sort of other people was also quite challenging in terms of you know their responses when when I transitioned. But again. I knew within myself that I would always be a doctor. And that's what I say to to my clients and to anybody listening is always be a doctor. You take that with you wherever you go and you're going to use so many of those skills and talents and experiences in your next career, whatever it is. And so I still feel like I'm a doctor now who helps doctors. So uh, I don't know if that, if you have any other questions about that transition period. Yeah, um, that's so great. All, all of what you said and how it was, how you gave yourself that kind of great foundation to make the change. You slowly kind of worked your way to it, 
um, and also how that helped you deal with maybe some unsolicited advice, which always seems to happen. It might, from as good a place as it comes from, it might not be as helpful for you. What were the biggest barriers, do you think, in your transition, if there were big barriers, and how did you overcome them? Yeah, so I would I would say the the biggest barrier was my own mind in terms of I'm somebody who tends to focus on, but how's this going to work out? And I want to have the plan like way before. (laughs) And so really recognizing that I'm now in a different space, that I'm not going to know, I'm not going to be able to plan this ahead two years. (laughs) You know, like medicine career, you, you, when I transitioned to endocrine fellowship, I knew I was going to do a two-year fellowship. This is what the fellowship component, these are the rotations, these are my job options. You kind of know, right? Whereas I was like, how is this? And really coming back to my why, what are my values? Why am I making this transition? So yeah. really working with my own mind that kept wanting yeah. to put the roadblocks of, of the how. And so when I work with with physicians, I always say, we can, we're going to get to the how. Absolutely. But right now, let's focus on who you are, what you want, why you want it. And then the how will, will come. And so I'd say that was one of the major barriers. And then, of course, this has to do more with starting a business. The other barrier was kind of probably also a mental one, mostly was, but I've never owned my own business. I've been a W-2 employee my whole life. Like, I don't think I have a business bone in my body, right? So it was thinking, oh, I don't think I can start a business. So, and of course, for every problem, there's a solution. And so I hired a a business coach to help me in the beginning to to really teach me the things about business that I that I didn't know. So there was another barrier, sort of, oh, but I don't know how, or oh, I can't do this. And then for me, some of it was, you know, I was 54. I was, yeah, 54 when I left medicine. And so there was a bit of ageist, you know, script in my head. Or, oh, but, you know, you're 54. And what about, you know, if you work another four and a half more years, you can actually get retirement, some retirement benefits. And if you only could, and so just dealing with, the age that I was, and can I really do something new at this age? And I am here to tell you, you absolutely can. And I have more energy now than I had, that I've had for a long time. So, you know, so I'd say those were, those were, so I think as you can see, as it is for many people, the biggest barrier for me was getting my mind, wrapping my mind around and, and sort of getting to the acceptance that this is real, this is happening. I would say for, for some of my clients, some of the barriers might be also sort of a scarcity mindset. So they want to go into pharma or some of the sort of they want to go to an employed situation. Oh, but it's so competitive and oh, there's all these applications and I'm not, you know, really working with that because I do believe that there's a job with your name on it and you will find it. But, you know, that that's something that I see quite a bit with clients is wondering whether they'll They'll find what they're looking for and whether they'll have what it takes to get it. And I'm here to tell you, yes. Oh, it's so great to hear you talk and it's so um, empowering, really. Um, And what advice would you give to the physician listening right now, feeling that need for change but not knowing where to start? Yeah, so I think the first thing is ask yourself what's important to you now? You know, what do you really care about? 
in life, in work, in your relationships. And this may have changed since you entered medical school. And this question gets to some of your values that may have shifted priority or changed. So really sit with this question. The second thing to ask yourself, what gives you your you energy? So I talk about doing an energy inventory. So for the past week or month, look at your work, look at your activities in your life. And what has you feeling energized? And as you look at that activity, what are you doing? What skill are you using? What, what interest are you manifesting? So for example, a client of mine recently said that what gives her energy is when she's in the room with a patient and she's, she's just made a really difficult diagnosis that other people have missed, which is something she does quite a bit. She's a, a highly specialized provider. And that feeling of being in that room with that patient when she was able to bring her expertise and her communication skills that just lit her up. And so looking at, and what are you interested in? You know, for me, when I transitioned to endocrine, I was really fascinated by all things endocrine. And so following that energy, that interest, your curiosity, and looking at what skills you enjoy using. And then Think about what are your non-negotiables in your life, your lifestyle? What do you want to have? Do you want to have your nights with your children? Do you want to have flexible time to take them to their soccer games? Do you want to have your weekends off? Do you want to have control of your schedule? Do you want to make at least $200,000? What are your must-haves? Next, and write, write all of these down. And then next, really ask the question, do you still want to see patients? This is a really critical fork in the road. And if you do still want to see patients like this client of mine, then look at what do you need to change about yourself or your environment to make that happen. And there are many things under those buckets we can talk about. But if you don't want to see patients and you're pretty sure you're, you're good to go, then it's time to explore some of the other options. And there's, you know, there's a whole host of those. But I would say, as you're asking yourself these questions, becoming familiar with your values, with your interests, with your skills, do you want to see patients or not? And you're hearing me talk and you're going, Ugh, I, don't even, I don't even know what I want. I don't even know who I am anymore. <laughs> I don't have the energy to do any of the stuff where you're talking about. If that's you, really look at, could you be burnt out? And if you're burnt out, highly recommend that you take some time or that you manage that burnout. Usually it's taking some time off, get a mental health provider, and really work through that first. Because if you're, if you're really in the space of, I don't know, and I don't want to know, and I can't know, and I don't have the energy to figure it out, take a step back and get some help. But if you're gung-ho and you're like, oh yeah, like I'm ready to look to see what what's going on, then these questions might be a good place uh, for you to start. Just um, a little five-minute power coaching there for everyone. <laughs> that was so helpful. And just kind of the almost like an algorithm, like, you know, if you're feeling like this, like go this way, like this, go that way. If, you, if all this just sounds like too much, maybe you need to look at some extra support with that. 
Thank you so much for sharing that, Karen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Now we're nearing the end of the podcast. It's been so lovely to chat with you and hear all your wisdom and and it's so great to see what you're doing. Before you go, I wanted to ask a few final questions. What does balance mean to you? Yes. (laughs) If it's not too hard. (laughs) Yeah, no, balancing, I mean, there's various times in my life I think about this in different ways, but at the moment what I'm thinking of balance is really allowing ourselves to be human beings and human doings. You know, embrace that human being part, being fully present in a way that really allows the parasympathetic nervous system to come on board for for our own restoration and healing. And whatever activities you engage in, whether it's playing with your kids or your dog or going for a walk in nature, just allowing yourself to be a human being so that you can then engage in the world as a human doing. All those, the impact you want to have, your career, how you want to provide for your family. So that's that's how I see balance at the moment. <laughs> balance between doing and being, that's so key. Now, is there anything else you'd like to add that you think would benefit the listeners? I think we've actually touched on it, but just to highlight that take where you are right now seriously. Don't dismiss your feelings. They have they carry diagnostic information. And secondly, just this this perspective that you will always be a doctor, no matter what you do. And allow that feeling to give you strength and courage as you explore maybe leaving clinical medicine. Because clinical medicine does not have to be your forever career. And how can people reach out to you and find you or or they want you to, to coach them? How, how can they do that? So there are two ways. The first is you can always send me an email and I'm at Karen, K-A-R-E-N, at drkarenbarnard.com. That's D-R-K-A-R-E-N-B-A-R-N-A-R-D.com. Or you can go to my website, which is drkarenbarnard.com, and sign up for a career clarity call where we can meet for an hour and I can either meet your needs in that hour and, and give you some tips and suggestions and help you develop an action plan. Or we can, if you're interested, we can talk about working with me more longer term. And I would love to hear from any and all of you, and I have a newsletter that you can sign up for. So that's another way that you can get some tips and resources without having to work with me. Yeah, that newsletter is so helpful if you want to sign up to that. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'll put all of that information in the show notes if anyone's interested in reaching out to work with you or signing up to the newsletter. Thanks again for being on, Karen. Thank you so much, Isabella. It was my delight and my privilege to have this conversation with you. You've been listening to the Balance Medics Handover podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, I'd love for you to take a minute to rate and review this podcast and click the follow button. For more resources, check out the Balance Medics website. The link to this will be in the show notes below. See you next episode.